I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to our sponsor of the Bringing Her Hope podcast, Friends of Hope. Friends of Hope is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to the support of Christian radio, Christian events, new media, and activities that share the good news of Jesus Christ. So thanks again, Friends of Hope, for sponsoring the Bringing Her Hope podcast so we can continue to share more brave and beautiful stories of God's redemption. Welcome to the Bringing Her Hope podcast. I'm Bethany Bravery, and I'm thrilled that you are here. Each week, I invite a girlfriend on the podcast to share not only the story that God is writing for her, but the story that God is redeeming in her life. I cannot wait for you to meet each and every one of these amazing women who I know will inspire you to also live out the story that God is calling you to, and to give you hope that He will be faithful to redeem your story as well. My guest this week is author Alicia Ilian. She's the founder of Women Repurposed. She loves equipping women with biblical truth and hope for their day-to-day struggles. Her days are a mix of ministry and motherhood fueled by salsa, coffee, and most importantly, Jesus. For Alicia, it wasn't until she learned to abide in God's truth that she finally found fulfillment. In Alicia's new book, Chasing Perfect, Alicia shares how God awakened her heart to prioritize what matters to Him. So girl, grab your cup of coffee and join us in this conversation as we kick the concept of chasing perfect to the curb. Hey, Alicia girl, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, yeah, my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. So can you tell us just a little bit about yourself for those of you that are listening that don't know you? Yeah. So uh, two years ago, I moved from Dallas, Texas, back to my hometown of Wichita, Kansas, which is where I live right now, um, with my husband of 14 years, and our three, I call them high-octane kids. They're just high (laughs) energy. (laughs) And um, they're 8, 10, and 12, boy, girl, boy. Um, And we're, I consider us, like, in the golden years, so, like, they're old enough to ride their own bikes on like family bike rides, but we're not on the hormonal roller coaster rides yet. <laughs> so it's really kind of a sweet little um, spot, I feel like, with our children and really trying to enjoy that. Um, they're big into sports and extracurricular activities. So we spend a lot of evenings at practices. And, you know, I remember when I was a young mom, some of the mentors that I would um, meet with, they would say, you know, just make sure that you don't have your kids in too many activities. But when you even limit it to one activity per child, um, we end up with practices, multiple practices a week. So we've learned, I mean, that's probably the most challenging thing right now in our season is just trying to balance, um, you know, those activities and Mm -hmm. ministry and family life. But um, I've been doing women's ministry in in the home and local church for probably the past 20 years, which makes me feel kind of old, but um, I've been doing that. I started in the home um, when I was even a single. I remember having women over to my house and having a heart to be in the Word and for women to hear the Word and study the Word. Um, And so I've been doing that for a really long time. And currently, uh, I'm the founder and director of Women Repurposed, which Mm. is a ministry that God planted in my heart a couple years ago, and now we have a full team, and we are launching, uh, and just launched this summer, actually, so that's been really fun. So, uh, yeah, women's ministry and Bible study have always just been such an important part of my walk and um, my call, I think, for ministry. 
I love that. And girl, you wrote uh, this new book called Chasing Perfect Peace and Purpose in the Exhausting Pursuit of Something Better. So what inspired you to write this message? Yeah, so uh, about a year and a half ago, I wrote this short meme that went viral on social Mm. media which was really crazy because I wouldn't have considered it the best thing I've ever written, but you know, God does, he just does certain things and it's crazy. But, uh, so the men said this girl, read your Bible, mm. you can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weight, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy, wash your face and hustle like mad. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never find peace or purpose. And, uh, that men like literally exploded. Like it was shared, probably over 100,000 times, maybe even more, um, still being shared. And I never anticipated that the message would resonate Mm. in the way that it did, Um, because I feel like it's something that we all realize, but I just think it indicates that we're still struggling with that, Um, you know, both men and women, but women, I think, especially, we're desperately desiring this peace and purpose in our life. Mm -hmm. You know, we're looking for contentment in all the things, and um, and so I, I, I quickly realized that this message might be worth unpacking. And, and I have to admit, so within, we have a Facebook group and an Instagram um, for Bringing Her Hope, and I have shared that multiple times, so it's pretty exciting to be talking <laughs> yeah. to the person who wrote it, so that's awesome. Um, who would you say that you wrote this book for? When you were crafting it and writing it and doing the rough drafts, who who was your heart for for this this particular message. Right. Uh, well, I would say myself first mm. and foremost. Um, you know, authors often write books, and you've probably heard this, but not because they have it all figured out or mm-hmm. have, you know, perfectly overcome a struggle, and here I'm going to share with you all the secrets, but they've learned to struggle well, mm. and usually they're in the process of it, too. So it's definitely something that I um, that I continue to struggle with. And I think it's something that will continue to be, because you know, trusting Jesus is a daily decision to trust and walk and surrender mm-hmm. and give to Him. Um, and and so it's, it's never something we completely master, I don't think. And when I realized that, it was so freeing for me mm-hmm. um, that the answer wasn't that I could overcome it, but that I would trust in Him through the process mm-hmm. of it. But you know, it's crazy because I talk to women all the time, um, and when they're being honest, uh, most of them feel anxious and mm-hmm. empty and hopelessly exhausted. Um, I think we're easily distracted and overwhelmed. And, you know, we've been told that we can do and be anything if we just hustle enough, if we control things enough, um, mm-hmm. you know, we can own our happiness and our future. Um, so we're trying it, you know, and then I think we're, we're left feeling weary and empty and exhausted um, and that's because, you know, peace and purpose can't be found in the things that we can do mm, and the so earthly good. things. It so can good. only be found in a relationship with the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with social media and all the things, I think the comparison trap can kind of play into that. And it's interesting to me. I was thinking about this a couple weeks ago because I think I struggled not necessarily with perfectionism, but really wanting to do mm-hmm. everything at least successfully and well. And um, right. for me, it's like 
I, I get confused. I, I know that the Lord loves me and I know he has grace for me and I know that my love is not earned, but oftentimes in my own human relationships or in my job, I feel like, but I have to be successful in order to be accepted or mm. thought of mm-hmm. well. And I think a lot of women struggle with that. So um, why do you think that is? Where do you think the root of that comes from when Jesus doesn't even expect perfection of us, but we kind of put it on ourselves? Yeah, this is a fantastic question. And, you know, I agree with you. I don't think all women, and not even myself, would consider myself a perfectionist Mm -hmm. in the way that we would think of the word. Um, You know, like wanting all the dishes put away and the beds made and counters immaculate, you know, all those things. But, I mean, I'm sure there's a few that do struggle with that, but I think that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. I think most of us are struggling with seeking that next best thing or Mm -hmm. reaching for something better in order to feel content or accepted or approved of. You know, Mm -hmm. that's more the problem is we don't feel content or happy if we're honest with ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, or or we we feel like we have to prove ourselves in some way, like you said, to be um, accepted. And so we're chasing after all the things, you know, satisfaction in our jobs and Mm -hmm. happiness in our homes and a great tribe of friends and a a beautiful body and all of those things, or even like the perfect plan, Mm -hmm. you know, we're having control. Like I struggle with that too. And, and finding our identity in, in certain things. And so, you know, I think I, I read this the other day and I thought it was so good. I think it was Jenny Allen that said it, that the most destructive line of thinking in the 21st century is our incessant desire to be great. Mm. And I was like, see, that's, I think that's why that meme resonated so well with people. Because it's not this idea of like everything having to be in order Mm -hmm. or perfect, but we want to be awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) we want to be smarter. We want to be likable. We want to be thinner, you know, more Mm -hmm. successful. We want, we feel like we're trying to find that contentment. I Mm -hmm. think deep down inside by striving to, to be a little bit better, have a little bit more, do a little bit, do a little bit better. So, um, I think honestly, like, I heard this and I thought it was so great. I think it was Nancy Guthrie that said this. And she talked about how the Garden of Eden um, was actually not this epitome of perfection, like we always think of it. Mm. Um, there was always this possibility of evil. Mm, and so God, when he wired his image into us, the Imago Day we were innately kind of hardwired to chase and long for perfection Mm -hmm. um, because we were made for the perfection of Jesus. Um, So, you know, just as it was in the beginning, we were left with this choice to bite into the apple of something else apart from Christ. You know, we're sadly, we'll sadly miss that mark and be left empty and exhausted, just like Eve, you know, she was, it was the same exact thing. So it's not necessarily this, chase or pursuit of perfection, Mm -hmm. that's probably the problem. It's what we're chasing Mm -hmm. um, that ends up being the problem. And, you know, if you, if you read through scripture, um, like Matthew 5, 48, Jesus even says, be perfect as I am perfect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, chasing perfection in and of itself isn't necessarily, I think, the problem, Um, you know, and we're called to increase in holiness and sanctification as his children. He wants us to grow, you know, he wants us to be, become better, but through him and for him, 
and in him. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like we aren't chasing perfection in ourselves or for ourselves because that's that ends up being the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of Matthew six thirty three, where it talks about seeking Him first, and then everything will right. you know come about basically. Yes. And I think for us, it's so easy and tempting for us to kind of like your description of of that quote that you wrote. It is if you were to say that again. So go ahead and say that again. Um, say it one more time. I want to make sure everybody hears it specifically. Sure. Um, the the one that you wrote at the beginning. Okay, so you can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy, wash your face, and hustle like mad. Mm -hmm. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never find peace or purpose. Yeah. I think I think living if if you lived that day every day like that prior to the actually resting in Jesus, it's exhausting to live like that, right? right? It's draining. And I think about how he encourages us to take Sabbath, how he encourages us to rest. And how have you been able to do that in your life? And what has that looked like for you? Um, yeah, so I do think that that is, um, it's important to do that. Um, and I think that God, you know, he doesn't get things wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when he decided to implement this idea of Sabbath, um, which we aren't under the law anymore. We're not required right. to take Sabbath on a weekly basis like he did with his people in, in the Old Covenant. But um, but I think that, you know, we can look at that and go, you know what, God, even he rested on the seventh day, not because he needed to physically recover for, mm. from something, but he wanted us to pause our yes. activities, and he gave us a model for that. I'm going to pause what I did. I created the world. And it was a beautiful thing. And he didn't need to, but he did it because he knew it would be, it was it was part of us enjoying life to our full is when we can stop what we're doing and trust that God will keep things running, that he'll, he'll keep working things for our good. We mm-hmm. don't have to grind it all out and, you know, and taking that pause has some benefit to it. Yeah. Um, it allows us to, you know, stop what we're doing that's distracting us and renew our minds, refocus our minds on the truth. And I think that's really important. And you probably knew that. So, mm-hmm. you know, Sabbath isn't just this leisure time either. Yeah. It's a it's a purposeful time to be intentional to connect with God mm-hmm. and His truth and away from the distractions of the world. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so as we were talking a little bit earlier that we are in this social media world and we're constantly comparing, I feel like our real lives to the others highlight reels. How can we use and view social media for what it is, maybe what it's intended as and not something that's just going to rob us of always thinking mm-hmm. of what we don't have? Right. Um, yeah, I think that the struggle is real mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to, to social media. I mean... Like, intrinsically, we know that those little square boxes are filtered and edited Mm. and a poor reflection of reality. I think we all know that, but we still see it, and Mm -hmm. then we forget to remind ourselves of the truth, and then the lies get really big fast. Mm. You know, like, oh, that is happiness. You know, that person is on that beach vacation, and here I am stuck at home, and you know, or that person, she's working out again today. Mm-hmm. You know, that must be what I need to do to find happiness. And I'm not doing that. Now I feel like a failure. Now I don't feel like I'm enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and even in scripture, I love Paul's 
reminder to the Corinthian church, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, and I'm going to read it in the ESV first. It says, not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another Mm. and compare themselves by one another, they are without understanding. Um, And then in the NLT, which is more of a thought-for-thought translation instead of a word-for-word translation, Mm -hmm. I I love reading different versions because I think it helps us get a better grasp of what the Scripture is saying. But the NLT, it says, oh, don't worry. And I love how it starts it out that way. (laughs) We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. So in context, because context is always king when we read scripture, you know, we don't mm-hmm. want to just take a verse out of context and go, oh, well, this applies to this. You know, it makes sense that it would, but we've got to make sure that this is what Paul is talking about. Um, so in context, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church because he had been accused um, by false teachers and apostles. They were trying to discredit him as a teacher and a leader saying that, hey, Paul, you are an amazing writer, and you are very bold in how you write, that your speaking is horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so you, like, and that culture really valued skillful rhetoric and eloquent speech. Like, they, that was a big deal for them. But Paul denied their false charges and affirmed his integrity and authority. Um, and, and in doing that, that's when he told the Corinthians, hey, it's not good to compare mm-hmm. um, with other people. Like, we are, uh, our only, um, desire should be to uh, please the Lord, not other people. So he refused to compare himself to others or engage in this like false promotion. Um, he was concerned with what the Lord thought of him. And so like, I think it, we definitely can apply that, um, to, you know, when we're, when we're looking at social media and we're seeing all these things and remembering that like, these are lies and, and, Social media in and of itself is a morally neutral agent. You know, it's mm-hmm. not bad. Right. Social media is not bad, but the enemy can use it to feed us lies. And when we're dwelling on that and we're not taking the time, like you talked about, like with Sabbath, you know, even Sabbath during our days, mm-hmm. you know, to take yeah. those times to retrain our, our mind and renew our mind with the truth, those lies that peace and purpose is found in other things, they can get really big quickly and mm-hmm. the enemy can use it. And, um, and then we start believing the same thing that Eve did, that God's holding out on us, that He is not enough. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's that same old life from the beginning. Um, and, you know, it's just repurposed in this social media medium, you know? Um, and so, you know, I think there are times that I think of the verse Romans thirteen fourteen, and I use this a lot for myself, but it says, make no provision for the desires of the flesh but clothe yourself with Jesus. Mm, And so there are times where we have to go, you know what, if social media is distracting my heart so much Mm -hmm. that I am starting to believe these lies, that, you know, that searching for perfection and chasing after perfection, the way that we defined it earlier, is going to somehow bring me peace and joy apart from Christ, Mm -hmm. then maybe I need to not make provision for the enemy and for the flesh, Mm, and I need to remove myself from social media for a time. I think that's wise, you know, and, but... I love the other part of it. You need to clothe yourself with Jesus. So mm-hmm. we can't just leave this empty space without filling it with the truth That's of good. God's Word. 
So when you, you know, when you take, when you take time away, if you fast from social media or your, 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 your um, intentional times of Sabbath, you know, where you're taking time away from those, those things that can easily ensnare us, you know, or making provision for our flesh, you know, we've got to, we've got to also be intentional about taking the truth of God's words and speaking it over our heart and renewing our mind with it. Um, that, you know, who are you in Christ? Where did you get, where do you get your value and worth? You know, you are loved not because of what you have done or who you are, but who you are, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like reminding yourself of the truth. And, um, and so I think, yeah, I definitely think, you know, taking time away from those things that are going to, um, be provisions for that is, is really wise and a, and a good idea. For sure. Um, in your book, Chasing Perfect, you talk about how to separate yourself from the self-first attitude of self-help culture. Can you share a little bit about what mm-hmm. that looks like from your perspective? Yeah. Okay. So this is kind of a big one right now. I think in the Christian subculture, um, we are we are inundated with this message of, you know, self-determination and mm-hmm. self-help. And, um, I, and I see it, in fact, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the books that are number one books right now, even Christian authors, they're anchoring their message on this, mm-hmm. that like personal fulfillment is somehow going to, um, that's, that's what we're made for. And they may have large followings, and many of them do, but they fail to tell you who you really should follow. Oh, yeah, and that good. meaningful life is not found in self-empowerment, mm-hmm. but surrender to, of self to God's power and provision. So, you know, it's an upside-down kingdom. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing is, like, our almost, I feel like even in the Christian world, like, we're, we're, we're inundated with these messages that are aligning itself with what culture is telling us, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that you chase after all of these things, and you're going to find contentment. And like what you said earlier, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's an exhausting message. It, it's not life-giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe for a while it feels good to our flesh to go, yes, you know, I can accomplish all these things and be successful and, you know... But then I think we find ourselves, okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Now what? You know, um, and so we're all buying into this idea of the gospel itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you're, you are enough. You, you see that message all the time. And it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And we are enough in Christ. But it's just enough of a lie to, to leave us pretty weary. Because yeah. then we think, well, then I have to be enough. You yeah. know, I got to hustle more. I got to try harder. I got to love myself more. Yeah. Um, and, Listen, like I, I understand the idea of, of self care, and I think God has, does ask us to care about, which is why He gave us the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But really, what we're longing for is soul care, yeah, not self care. And you know, soul self care. The greatest self care is soul care. The greatest way to love yourself is to lose yourself. It's so upside down. Mm. Um, and you know, and the irony is that the self the self gospel isn't really helping isn't that helping ourselves, you know? Um, so I think that the gospel of self and achievement is probably, you know, one of the most socially acceptable idols of our generation. Um, but the, but the reality is that, you know, we're not really striving for achievement or power or popularity. What we're really after is joy mm-hmm. <laughs> and peace yeah. and purpose and satisfaction and love and control 
that's what we're really after, but it's masked in this idea that we're going to find it mm. if we are if we achieve these things. Yeah. And if you think about if we're really after joy, peace, and purpose, and all of that, that's Jesus. Those mm-hmm. are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you know, in a sense, like we don't need to be transformed out of our idols of success or being better or having more, you know, chasing perfect. We need to be transformed out of our disbelief and distrust Mm. that he is enough. Yeah. I mean, ultimately me, Alicia, like I, when I'm falling into this trap of chasing these things, which I do on a daily basis, I have not arrived. I have to constantly remind myself of these truths, but my problem is I'm not trusting. I have a trust problem. Mm. Gosh, so, that is so good. <laughs> so you know, good. Like, <laughs> yeah, keep, keep going. You're, you're doing good. I'm just like taking notes all over the page. It's great. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, I think if we get to the root of it, um, you know, it's really helpful because mm-hmm. then we can go, okay, God, like help me to trust you more. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, help me to believe, help me in my unbelief. I think Jesus understands that we're going to wrestle with that this mm-hmm. side of heaven, yeah. that faith is going to take, you know, if there's an element of, you know, faith is trusting the things that we don't see. But when we do that, like, man, he shows up for mm-hmm. us. You know, when we, when we step out, we go, you know what, well, I'm not going to run to the things that feel more tangible to my flesh, mm-hmm. that feel like they would be more fulfilling. I'm going to trust your word and mm-hmm. not my feelings or my heart sometimes, because mm-hmm. that can be deceitful. And I'm going to trust you. That's when he actually probably reveals himself in, in even bigger ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's this element of surrender. And um, the New Testament, it also says in Matthew ten thirty nine, 39, um, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. Mm, yep. If you give up your life for me, you will find it. Mm-hmm. I love the NLT translation of that. So if you cling to it, so it's just this like backwards, upside down idea. Our culture is not going to tell us that. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're wanting the fruit of love, joy, peace, purpose, all of those things, we have to die first. Mm-hmm. You know, John twelve twenty four says, unless the kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed, mm. meaning it won't produce abundant life. So Jesus knew he wasn't trying to rob us of something by saying, well, you just need to pick up your cross and follow me and lose your life and all that. He was saying, this is the secret thought. Mm. You know, like you have to be willing to give up clinging to yourself, clinging to chasing all those things. And trust me, mm-hmm. if you want the things that your heart is really after, those yeah. those fruits of the Spirit, because they can only be found in Him. The fruit of the Spirit can only be found in Him. Um, so the worship of God, the centrality of God in our lives and not self is ultimately the life-giving well that mm-hmm. will bear much fruit for our lives. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting, too, because I think God does give us desires of our heart, and He does have amazing an amazing plan for us. Um, but kind of as you mentioned, having this open-handed approach as far as, mm-hmm. Lord, whatever giftings you've given me, whatever success you may have for me, I'm willing to hand it back to you at any moment. So you're not worshiping that idol um, is right. just something that I think— it, it can be almost a daily asking of, Lord, what is my motive in this? You know, is my motive to to fill something that only you can fill? Or is it to, you know, step into the story that you have for me today? 
um, and really right. being able to ask those questions. And that's what he wants. He wants this relationship with us. He doesn't want to give us, you know, 20 steps ahead and have us just go run with it. He wants to hold our hand and have us lean into him so he can guide us and he can direct us. Amen. And so he's our source. Yeah. Uh, so Amen. good. Absolutely. And I think that that's freeing in a sense. Mm. Like I said earlier, I wrote this down the other day so I could just see it. And I, and I just wrote down a, a daily decision to trust. Mm. Like it's a moment by moment because I needed a reminder of mm-hmm. that. You know, like it's just this side of heaven. We're not going to be perfect yet. But yeah. God calls us. Like I said, he calls us to be perfect as I am perfect. So through his provision, his daily manna, you know, he promises to give us bread for today, you know, not for our imaginations and our worries of what's going to happen in the future. He promises to meet us in the day because he wants, like you said, he wants us to lean on him. Mm-hmm. Like his presence is the ultimate gift. And so anything that would keep us from leaning and being dependent upon him um, is, is not beneficial to us. Mm-hmm. So that's why he says, like, your weakness is your strength. Um, because it, it causes us to turn to him mm-hmm. in the in the day to day, even the moment by moment, for mm-hmm. sure. So absolutely. I stink in love when you talked about the importance of savoring each blessing God has given you. So what does that look like for you tangibly and in what ways has that shifted your mindset or perspective? Mm, okay. So this is this is really actually huge. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit of a story with you. Um, the last five or six years, what God has kind of taken me through, but, um, I don't know. Many of you may be familiar with the story of Jacob wrestling with God in Mm -hmm. the Bible. And, um, he spent this long night struggling with God. And in the end, God ends up blessing Jacob, changing his name from Jacob to Israel, Mm -hmm. which meant one who wrestles with God. And in the, in the, in the midst of the struggle, God tweaked Jacob's hip permanently. Um, so poor Jacob, there was no more CrossFit or Pilates or anything (laughs) for him. Like he had a tweaked hip, like this was going to be the rest of his life. Um, and he needed this reminder that, his ultimate purpose and peace would be found in God alone. And so this hip problem that he was going to have to deal with would be that reminder for him. Um, And I think a lot of times our daily struggles manifest in the same way, you know, like the the endless piles of laundry that remind us we have a family to take care of Mm -hmm. or the minefield of Legos that (laughs) we step on in the middle of the night. You know, that means we have kids that love to play. Um, you know, I, I hate loudness in our home. Like that's just a pet peeve of mine. But, you know, when my kids are screaming, like it means that they're, they're alive, Mm. you know, and they're having fun and the piles of bills mean that we have a house and we have electricity. And so the daily struggles kind of like Jacob took, you know, they're a reminder of blessings, um, the reminder of our need for him and our dependency upon him and his presence, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, his, his deliverance is his presence. And that's what he reminded Jacob. And, um, one thing that like, I've always struggled with, I think, um, is, is just this need to control. And I'm, I'm a planner at heart. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I like to have things planned out. Um, I like to know, um, what's coming and, um, you know, knowledge is power. So like I, I'm the queen of Google. I like to have things figured out. And I think it's, once again, it's that, um, I don't, I'm not trusting God and, mm. and that's just how it plays out for me. And, and God in his 
sweetness and his goodness. Um, I, I think he's he always stretches us in the places that he knows that we need it the most. And about five or six years ago, I was having, I just had uh, uh, our, well, our youngest is eight right now, but uh, yeah, I'd been through three C-sections at DNC. My body had been through a lot. I ended up getting strep throat five times in a row, five mm-hmm. different rounds of antibiotics. I ended up having to have a tonsillectomy, which if you have a tonsillectomy as an adult, it is no joke. Yeah. <laughs> like it is, it's pretty rough. And so um, I, my body had just been through a lot, you know, trying to get back to normal and, and the hormones trying to re-regulate and I was recovering from this tonsillectomy and I, I'd been in bed for a few weeks. And once I started getting back on my feet, I started having all of these really crazy symptoms mm-hmm. in my body. Like every time I would stand up, I would almost pass out. And, um, and I started getting muscle twitching all over my body, which was crazy. And my, my hands started tremoring and, um, and I knew something was wrong. Um, and, and so I started getting pretty anxious about it. Uh, I have a background in physical therapy, so I knew just enough medically um, that it, it was. It kind of took my mind in a, in a tailspin hmm. of, okay, well, what could this mean? You know, and I was thinking the worst. Obviously, I was Googling things that I shouldn't have been. And I just, I got myself into some severe anxiety where I was just thinking the worst. You know, I'm not going to be around. I'm going to die of, of a disease and not be around to raise my children and it was, it was just consuming me. And the neurologist at the time down in Texas, she goes, I think you have something, but you know, I don't have the right testing equipment to diagnose you. Um, and so she sent me to Mayo Clinic and I went there and they, yeah, they figured out what was going on and they diagnosed me with a condition called POT, which is really short for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Um, which basically means that part of my nervous system, the part that actually uh, controls, uh, so you, those two parts of the ner- nervous system, the central nervous system, helps control the things that we actually have control over, like moving our arms and our legs and, you know, all of that. But then there's part of your nervous system that controls things like your heart rate and your breathing and those functions that we normally don't have a lot of control over, temperature, stuff like that. And that's the part of the nervous system that kind of went haywire. Mm. And, you know, we don't know if it was because of everything my body had gone through. It, it may have been, but um, that was completely uh, just out of control for me, which was ironic. Um, but, uh, you know, it's as I went through that and I, and I was frustrated that, like, I wasn't handling it better than I thought I would. <laughs> I thought I would have more trust in God in that season. I thought I wouldn't be as anxious, but the reality was like, I did not handle it well. Mm. Um, and, but the Lord was so good. I mean, he was just so gracious with me. And, um, and so I still deal with a lot of the symptoms from this. It just, it will, it will probably never go away. I'll probably constantly have to deal with, um, things being a little bit haywire, um, in my system, but I think of it like Jacob's hip, like it's a reminder that yeah. like, I don't have ultimate control mm. in my life. That's good. And that's what God needed me to realize. Like he was willing to allow me to go through this and continue to go through this because he, I think he realizes like it's for my greater good to depend on him mm-hmm. because if dependence is the goal, weakness is the advantage. My 
pastor in Texas used to say that, and I thought it was so good. So anything that causes us to be weak, you know, our Jacob's hip issue mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is for our good. Um, and so, so yeah, so I struggled with control. So he allowed me to have a chronic illness to affect the part of the nervous system that we don't have control over <laughs> so that I would depend on him for control. So <laughs> God, God is so crazy good. I mean, and I am thankful. Um, it's not always easy. You know, my heart, my, I say this, my hands still shake, mm. but my heart doesn't anymore. Mm, I love that. Um, and so a lot of times our peace, I know this to be true. Our peace is not a result of the external circumstance, mm. but what happens on the inside. So true. So true. Um, you also encourage us in your book to schedule rather than squeeze in daily time to spend with God. So with all that life mm-hmm. is thrown at you, being a mom, being a writer, <laughs> dealing now with some physical stuff, how are you able to do that? And what does that look like for you? Right. Um, well, you know, just to preface this answer kind of was what I was talking about um, a second ago. Uh, peace is not the result of uh, circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not the easy life, you know, that it's the inner state, not the outer situation. I think sometimes we think that, you know, to have time with God, um, to spend time with Him, we've got to have, like, the perfect Instagram devotional time, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. a cup of hot coffee. <laughs> and, and the, the candle lit. <laughs> yep. The candle lit. And I... <laughs> Trust me, I love that too. Like yeah. I think it's amazing, and yeah. um, and so yeah. If we equate peace with coffee and a candle, like I understand because mm-hmm. that is oh, yeah. But um, but I want us to really remember that it it that's not actually you know real life, mm-hmm. and um, and we're gonna have seasons. Sometimes it's easier seasons than not to do that. And I know you know 2020 with COVID and all that like our whole lives got mm-hmm. crazy, you know, everybody's together in the home. Mm-hmm. So if we're counting on having this perfect circumstance or situation to spend time with Jesus, it's just not going to probably happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, and I've thought about this too. And like I said, when my kids were itty bitty and they were toddlers, you know, and I, and I had to just, it was like a verse at a time and it looked a little bit different. I'd had to listen a little bit more. I'd take my kids on walks and I'd put my earphones in and I'd listen to either a podcast or the word of God or whatever. And you find your time and your in your nap time. I mean, if it's important to you, you will find, I think you will find the time and God will provide that. But mm-hmm. um, it looked a little bit different and I had to be okay with that. And I love when my kids see me in the mm, word of God, you know, like I used to think like, Oh, you know, go away. I'm going to, this is my time. But now it's like, you know, I let them come in the room mm-hmm. when I'm opening up my Bible, as long as they're quiet and they need to be respectful of that. And mm-hmm. I make sure that like, Hey, you need to learn to be considerate. You can't be talking while I'm studying, but if you want to bring your Bible in and you can read too, or sit in here with me, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, so you get creative about it. Sure. Um, but but yeah, so you know, there. I think practically, um, we like we talked about earlier. It's good to actually schedule out the time, yes, um, and be intentional about that. Yep. You know, whether it be a, a day for Sabbath, um, to intentionally connect with God and to slow down. Um, I think hurry tends to drown out the voice of God, mm-hmm. um, and truth needs a quiet space. 
And think about Elijah, you know, when he was on the mountain and he heard the voice of God, but it wasn't in the earthquake or the fire. Mm-hmm. The Lord, you know, he isn't in the Facebook notifications and the laundry cycles and the board meetings and the traffic. Like he's in the gentle whisper that follows. Yeah, so true. And that is, that is life. But sometimes even God designed it that way with Sabbath. Like we need to, to shut it down a little bit mm-hmm. intentionally. And, um, some action steps that I talk about in the book um, are that we need to devote daily, to withdraw weekly, mm. to measure monthly, and abandon annually. Um, and so every day, you know, we should take a little bit of time to, and, you know, some days maybe that'll look like a little bit more time to actually study the Bible. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's other times where it's just going to be, hey, I'm going to read a verse or two, and I'm going to take that with me um, throughout the day and reflect on it. Um, and, you know, I think it's important to, like, maybe have a couple days where you go a little bit deeper and then other days where it's just, yeah, I'm just going to skim the surface a little bit more, but I'm going to take that verse with me. Mm-hmm. Um and then maybe withdraw weekly, like that Sabbath, you know, have that day, uh, measure monthly. So count the fruit, you know, take the time to measure what God's doing and then through your time with him and then through um, the ways that you're discipling and living it out um, with your family or with your marriage or with your coworkers or um, uh, with your ministry. So it can look so different for each person, but take the time to measure and then abandon annually. It's always helpful to have you know, once a year, just have a time where either you get away on your own or with your spouse or whatever, that you can get away from the distraction mm-hmm. um, to hear the, the still quiet voice of God. And I think that that's helpful. I love that. I think um, I found in my own life, because I'm also a planner, <laughs> that uh, yeah. especially like navigating COVID-19 and there's like no planning whatsoever. Everything's changing every single day. But within that, paying attention to how important rhythms still are. And so, you know, okay. making for me that is getting up in the morning and having that time before my kids wake up um, to be able to spend with the Lord. And I started kind of taking just like reflective personal inventory of the days when I did that and how I, you know, was maybe more patient with my Mm. kids or actually more creative and more alert in my job and things like that. So I don't, I'm not saying that that is always going to happen, but take inventory ladies that you guys are listening and pay attention to the days when you give him your first, the days when you worship him and praise him before you check those notifications or check those emails. Um, be mindful of of the heart shift that he does within us. And it may not mean that our day is not crazy and chaotic, but I think he's really this firm foundation for us. And it's just a great, great starting off point. So I know for me that that's been super important. So I cannot highly recommend that enough. And I love your concept of schedule, schedule, schedule. Don't squeeze it in. Don't just make right. it happen. <laughs> like be intentional yeah. with that. Just like we need to be intentional in our relationships and um, all the things that we do in our lives. Intentionality is super important, but man, intentionality with God who pursues us and, you know, reaches out to us and has has so much for our lives. But man, the biggest ultimate thing is that relationship with him. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Those are such good ideas. And, and I think he does call us to walk worthy and with diligence and to work hard. I mean, there is an element of, of living it out, you know, that has to be done with intention. And if I think about it, like in the mornings, and I love that you said like your first fruits, because if I'm not intentional about putting my phone up, Mm. then 
inevitably I sit down to open up the Word of God. Yeah. And the enemy wants us, he'll, he'll distract us with anything, yeah. even if it's the worst possible thing ever, to keep us out of God's Word, because yeah. he knows how powerful it is for us. And I, I see that sometimes. I'm like, why in the world would I want to do the laundry before mm. being in God's Word? Like, I love God's Word. I, 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 you know, there's, of course, seasons of dryness, but, like, He's always faithful to it. And so, like, why would I want to do the lot? But I get distracted easily. And so, I, you know, I've been tr- I'm trying to be more intentional about, I'm going to put my phone in the other room. Mm. So, um, and, and that's a challenge sometimes because I know we have reading plans that could be on apps and stuff, which I love, you know, and, you know, we're using our phone to look up, words and, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of our study, but if it's really becoming a trap, which sometimes it is for me, because then I'll get a notification and it'll lead me to my email and then, you know, like, and then I'll check my social media and I'll be like, oh, I need to respond to that message yep. before I forget about Because we're, <laughs> we're planners and to-do list people and it's yes, like, we got to knock it out. Yep, totally. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, we got to get it done or it's mm-hmm. not going to happen and we start you know, and before we know it, an hour's gone by. Yeah. And then my kids come in and they're needing something. And I'm like, wait, 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 mommy's got to be, mommy's got to have time in the word. Mm-hmm. And they've given me a whole hour, but I have not been faithfully mm-hmm. going to the word first. And then I get angry at them mm-hmm. and that's not their fault. You yeah. know, like, so I think if we're honest with ourselves, ladies, like there's, there's, we we have work we could do there. Mm-hmm. Of really, like you said, you know, love God first, and mm-hmm. all these things will take care of themselves. Yeah. But He does call us to prioritize Him. Yes. He calls us to live in relationship with Him. Um, we're, and that's really the place that we're going to find the most life. But boy, does the enemy fight against that. <laughs> mm, so, so true. Um, well, friends, I love her book, again, Chasing Perfect Peace and Purpose in the Exhausting Pursuit of Something Better. So, Alicia, where can they buy your book? Because I know they're going to want to run out and do that immediately after hearing this podcast. (laughs) So where can they get that? Well, yeah, so definitely Amazon has it. uh, And then, you know, Barnes & Noble, any of those those places, you can find it almost anywhere. Um, It's on audio, too. So if you are a busy mom and and you want to listen and you don't have time to sit down and read it, um, there is an audio version. So hopefully that will be helpful for you. Awesome. And I know that people are going to resonate with your story, so they might want to follow you on social media because you're a positive, encouraging someone we won't compare ourselves to. We're going to try really hard not to do that. So how can we do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's at Alicia Illion is my social handle, A-L-I-S-H-A-I-L-L-I-A-N. Um, and that's for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, same social handle. And then um, my website is just uh, Um And it's also the same as Women Repurposed, which is my ministry page. So that it will take you there. Wonderful. And we will have all of those links in the show notes. So if you guys are driving or doing laundry or multitasking, don't worry. You can just head to the show notes and it will have all the links for you. Super easy. Hey, Alicia, you also are awesome. And you know that we are book readers as podcast listeners are usually. And so you are giving um, a book giveaway for us so we can actually have this book in our hands. So I'm so pumped about that. So friends, how you enter for this book giveaway is you can head to bringingherhope.com and then you can enter there and we will email you or I'll give you a phone call and say, hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast and here's your gift. So thank you so much for partnering with us in that book giveaway, girl. I appreciate it. 
It's so awesome. I'm so excited for Ever Gets It. Awesome. (laughs) And thank you for having me on the show. It's been so fun. Yes, it sure has. And thanks for just sharing your time and sharing your heart and being transparent in your story. I appreciate you. Man, such an incredible conversation with my new friend, Alicia, today. I loved her reminder to us to separate ourselves from the self-first attitude of self-help culture. And she encouraged us to savor each blessing that God has given us and also to schedule, remember, not squeeze, but schedule our daily time with the Lord. With all that life throws at us, making Him first in our lives is going to give us the peace that we really desire and crave in our lives and building that relationship is the utmost importance. And just a reminder, she's so incredible and she is sharing her book with us, Chasing Perfect, and she is sharing her book with us, Chasing Perfect Peace and Purpose and the Exhausting Pursuit of Something Better. So to enter for that book giveaway, head to Bringing Her Hope. Can't wait to share another story of God's redemption next time. But until then, keep living those brave stories for Jesus.